Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. That's one thing that I got from him, because I just saw that you can just do it. And he had a grade eight education, um, was doing jobs that people were qualified with education, um, and he stepped in uh, and did a lot of those things because he just was a practical man. He would step in and learn it and do it. And so um, it was cool to be able to, uh, uh, you know, see that in my life. But um, the thing that I wanted to share um, that I take home from this, and I alluded to it a bit before I left, um, had the privilege of with both my fathers, which... Both my earthly fathers are gone, my, my father-in-law and now my, my natural father. So it's kind of weird the buck stops with me now. I can't point up and say, well, it's because of you. It's like, no, it stops here. And it's actually kind of weird not having your natural parents there anymore because you, you realize you are like the matriarch. You are, it's, there's a, a weight on you to carry something. You have a responsibility to give something. We have that responsibility in life, regardless of who dies before us, really. But I think you feel the weight of it when naturally they're not there. And so um, with both of my father-in-laws, I was there for their passings, which was uh, not both my father, my father-in-law and my father, uh, both my fathers. and I was able to see how death has no sting. Um, my father-in-law, he was, he was determined. He had, had would fought with ALS, and he had given it a deadline. He said, by Friday, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to walk home without that wheelchair, or I'm going to walk home to the Lord. But he said, on Friday, that's it. And so he all had us all agree, and, and then Thursday night, one of his uh, blood clot hit his lung, and it collapsed, and um, he had a do not resuscitate, so we were, were just there praying with him. And we just, we were praying, and you know what? There was victory in that room, and there was peace in that room, and we just knew God is in control, and we were just praying, and we were worshiping God, and we were just magnifying God. And he, there was, there was so much power in that room. And I thought at one point he was going to, to possibly raise from the, raise up from this bed, which I just kept declaring resurrection power, resurrection power, resurrection power. And resurrection power works both ways. It works here on earth and it works to send them up to heaven. Either one, it's resurrection power. And so I wasn't wanting to limit God's hand because I didn't have a definite that he was going to, I just knew he wasn't going to get in that wheelchair. And all of a sudden, he just, we were all praying, we were praying in tongues, and all of a sudden, he went really pink. He was kind of gray, and then he went really pink, and I thought, wow, he's going to, and his whole body went pink, and then all of a sudden, he just went, his mouth opened, he went, and it was like, he went out, and then he just turned gray, just like that. It was literally like he popped out of his mouth. <laughs> I was like, bo, 
boom, out of here. But you know, there wasn't weeping in the room. It was mom, my mother-in-law, myself, Sheila, uh, Bonnie's daughter, um, Joshua, my oldest son. But there was so much victory. There was so much power in the room. It was like there was so much victory and so much of the power of God. And we don't understand these things. And today I want to just, I want us to see the reality of the unseen world. In a, in a, and I've been looking at this more just because I have seen two fathers now cross over. And I've seen them where death had no sting. They lit, death didn't take their life. They just, they left when it was time to go. Death didn't take them. They just left. And my father was on a life support machine. They had resuscitated him. And so he was on this machine. Um, my sister had gone down because my, my, second, uh, my father's second wife um, didn't have the courage to pull the plug. So my sister went down because my dad would not have wanted uh, to be on a machine. They had said his, his brain was dead. They had done the testings. My sister went down. She says, I don't even know if he's there, you know, when she looked at him. But this was the interesting thing. We, before they, they were going to unplug the machine, the family, all of us, gathered around, uh, us through Zoom, and, uh, which is the amazing thing about Zoom. We were right there in the room. We were able to be there. And um, we said our goodbyes, and we did our things, and he started to respond. His eyes were flickering. He groaned at different times. Then when we started to worship and pray, because they couldn't come in, they weren't ready to do, take them off the lung machine or the oxygen machine or whatever it was. So we said, let's worship and let's pray. And we put on the music that he was listening to most recently, which was music, which was, this was very restoring for my wife and I, because my father and I, um, we had challenges in our relationship and it, many times he would, it would be doctrinal things. My father served God and loved God, but he didn't read his Bible a lot. And sometimes he would go off on certain teachings and tangents and we would have arguments and I'd be, this is what the scriptures say. And I'll have that argument with any of you. Cause if we don't stay with scripture and the word, it's not about what you think or I think it has to come back to the word. And so there were some things where he got off on, and that was very concerning for me at the end of his life. But um, his second wife had put on music. She, that she said he's been listening to this the last few months. And it was all worship songs, very Christ-centered, that were a part of when we were on fire for God with my mom and dad in our younger years. And it was all those songs that he was listening to. And it was like... When we were worshiping, God was like just bringing us, me, us back to, it's come back to this, the simplicity that's in Christ. It wasn't about all those wonky, crazy things. But you know what? When we put on the worship music, he started groaning. His eyes started flickering. His spirit, man, was like there. We don't realize the power of our spirit, man. And so we are like, because what they had done is they had done a test to see, you know, how long it would take. They kind of unplugged the machine briefly to see if he would breathe on his own. And he really didn't really breathe on his own. 
But after we did this worship time and they came in and they unplugged him, he breathed for another two and a half hours on his own. So he was there, he was breathing and he was, and then, and then he just went. He just went. And he was, again, it wasn't sad because they've gone, death was swallowed up in victory. Swallowed in victory. And this is, the, this is the hope that we have. So, you know, yeah, we grieve those natural things that you miss and all that, but we, for, for the believer, we can only be happy because the ones that have gone before us are more alive than we are. They're more alive than they've ever been. And how can you be sad? We're sad for ourselves. <laughs> We're sad for the loss. We're sad that, you know, now we have to pick up the slack. And, and you know, that this is one thing that I'm very mindful of is, because um, we laugh about this, but Sheila and I are kind of in betweenies. We're not old and we're not young. And we're kind of, you know, but we're getting to the point where the buck's going to stop at us. And the prayers of those that are older, because you pray a lot more when you're older, you see the risks more when you're older. You see, you, you have, you just, you pray more. And like I'm, Charles Stanley just passed away this week. And, you know, these men of God, um, we don't realize that when they leave, their prayers leave. Their prayers leave. So we don't have those weighty prayers of those ones that are concerned about the body of Christ, that are concerned about what God wants to do, and that, that, that are travailing and praying many times these things through. Like, do we realize that Jesus didn't just show up on the scene? That Hannah had prayed and fasted for years and years and years, if you read the account. I don't know how many years. Anyone know off the top? Of your, I don't know off the top of my head. Anyone? Lots of years. Does anyone know who I'm talking about? It's in the Bible. It was Hannah, right? And she, and then Simeon as well. Anna. Sorry, sorry, Anna, for getting your name. It's like Craig and Greg. It bugs me when people call me Craig, so I understand that. But, and Simeon also prayed, and he, and he was there at the temple when Jesus, but he had waited. So they, they were prayed in. Jesus was prayed in through those prayers and many others. We think things just happen and just flip. No, there are people that have prayed. And, and the weight of the, these prayers, and because we have to take what is in this realm and pull it into this realm. There is a heavenly realm and there is a natural realm. There is a spiritual realm and there is a physical realm. And we need to bring that here. Amen? And, and, and it can come. And it comes as we take those steps. But it's, it's believing. And I want us to go to um, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to just take some time in this portion of Scripture. And then we're going to pray over certain things um, that, that God is doing. And God is, is, is um, unfolding. Some things we know, some things we don't know. They're, they're happening as we go. 
But the cool thing about God is, the journey with God is never boring, and it's very unpredictable. You know, the, the cool thing about this is, all of my siblings, in November, we were just sensing, we need to get down and see my dad. He's in Texas. Um, several of us aren't vaccinated, so we couldn't fly. So our option was driving. And we had to drive not to Texas. We had to drive down to Texas and Mexico border. That's where my dad lives, he, right down at the very bottom. So we're talking three days straight of driving. Crazy. But we did it. But we did that. We got all of his affairs in order. We got him on the medical stuff. You know, my dad was 83 and never been in the hospital his whole life. 83 years. Good genes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but we got, and in Texas, he had more coverage than here. He had everything, full dental, full medical, full everything. We got all those things taken care of, and we also knew, like we, we let Dad know, like we kind of sensed, you know what? We just need to be ready. We don't know, but all of us as families, it's getting harder to come down, you know, and we, we said our goodbyes then. And it was a good thing we did because he went in for a simple gallbladder operation and in three days was full of infection and he was gone. So we don't know how quick things can happen. But it was like God prepared all of us and said, get down there. It wasn't convenient for us, but it, we knew it was the right time. Five months later, so God knows. And this is the thing about when we, when we live a life for God. Because, see, the Bible says, I, I want to read this first of all in Luke. Um, Luke 21. I gave you that, that, those verses. If you want to go there first, sorry. Um, it says, And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth the nations will be in turmoil. They'll be perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. The, the Bible says they're going to faint in terror. So it says here, um, for the powers in the, in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. And, said, and so it says here, in, uh, so when all these things happen, begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. Amen. What's the solution? Always look up. Never be stuck in this earthly realm. Never be caught up in everything that's going on here. And everything that ev they say, they say. What does he say? What is he saying? Where are your eyes looking? Because all of this that's going on is going to get worse. Why? Because when I read my Bible, that's what it says. Thus saith the Lord. And that this is what else it says in verse 34. It says, watch, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't get lulled into that. Don't get sucked into all of these cares and the, and the different things of this life. Don't. Watch out. Be mindful. Then it says here, for that, um, don't let that, that day catch you unaware like a trap. 
For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert. What? At all times. All times. And pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. This is what our prayer is. This is what our prayer is. Anything that I go through that's hard. See, one thing I love about what I learned as an athlete is um, no pain, no gain. And we used to, when we wanted to be better, there were different things that they did. When we did jumps, um, you know, it was hard, and then you would, you would be able to do it, and it was easy. Then they'd stick weights on your ankles, like weights. And then you had to do those same jumps with weights on. And they would make you do that for like a week, a week and a half. And you're like, oh, this is so hard. But then they'd take them off. And then you'd fly because when you went into those jumps you had built, because of that resistance, you were able to... It, you you flew way higher in a jump. So the resistance worked for us, not against us. And as believers, this is the thing we've got to know. It doesn't matter what comes our way. What was sent for evil, guess what? It's going back for my good. Devil, I'm taking, I'm not taking anything you've given me. I'm going to sort through, okay, what's God in this? What is the devil in this? I'm sending that back, and I'm taking what God has for me in the midst of this. That's what we do. Because we, we've got to decide, though, what realm are we going to be in. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, probably know this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. In seek his will, or in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will show you which path to take. So in everything that you're doing, everything, what's your path, God? What are you doing? What are you, what are you saying? I need to understand this from you, from what you are doing. I don't want my own understanding. I don't want my own stinking thinking. I don't want what Grandpa and Uncle Joe and all the rest taught me. Sure, that might be a a nice little perk, but it's not going to get me through when the rubber hits the road. What God says is going to get me through. Doctors, they're professionals, but they can only diagnose what is actually going to happen. When they gave us the diagnosis for Aaron, I could have accepted that diagnosis, but we said no. We're accepting the report of the Lord on his life. And God, his work's not done. This is not how he is going out of this earth. He's got a job to do, and he's doing it. (laughs) He had the same cancer that Terry Fox had in his leg at eight years old. And we could have accepted that report, but we didn't. We accepted the report of the Lord that said... Every tree that does not bear fruit is cursed and cut down, and it dries and withers and dies. We cursed that tumor to the root. When they went in to do the biopsy, they said it shriveled up. They said, we don't understand it. It shriveled up. It's dead. And it wasn't anywhere else in this body. What did we believe? We believed the 
report of the Lord, not the earthly report. And all through life, you're going to have, what report are you going to believe? What report? Every day, you're going to have a choice. Trust in the Lord with what? Some of your heart, well, I'm going to give you this part and this part, but this part I'm keeping. I like this earthly part. You know what? There's a shaking coming, and the, the, the stuff that's going on, and that's just going to get worse. We will faint in terror if we do not have our faith rock solid in the one, the one that is going to get us through everything, the one that is going to see us through every single thing. He can, and he will. And Paul was a tremendous example of this, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12. Not 12. 1 Corinthians 2. Jeepers, I'm just like... <clears throat> so Paul here, we have to understand, Paul, before he came to know Christ, was a scholarly man. He was perfect in terms of the law's standards. He was a man that was upright and followed the law followed everything exactly very very devout in his in his devotion to god so this man if anyone could have relied on any of that he could have but this is how he starts out in this passage he says when i first came to you dear brothers and sisters he says i didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. Everything except Jesus Christ. We hate that. In North America, we got a gazillion options. And it's like, well, you want me to just bank everything on Christ? That that's enough? Yeah, I am. Because that's what the word says. The one who was crucified, because there was only one crucified, there was only one that destroyed the power of hell, death, and the grave, and sickness, and everything else. And he says, and my message and my preaching to you were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, yet, or, sorry, here he says, Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. Yet, when I am among... I've left out a verse. Right. I, I left out the most important verse. I didn't reprint it. It says here, I did this so that... If you could do a verse... Um, yeah. I came to you in weakness, timid, and trembling. Just, I'll follow this till I get to the right spot. Oh, sure, now it's going to freeze. Okay. <laughs> and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the part I want us to see, the verse that is missing from there. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Not in human wisdom. Because human wisdom will trip you up. Because you won't measure up or you 
you measure up so much, you're so full of yourself, God's not there. Either one. There are two extremes, and the devil's really good at extremes either way. He doesn't want you to have the balanced life. But he, he says here, I didn't come to you in that. I came to you so that you would trust in the power of God. So he says here, um, <clears throat> I'm going to just read it from here. Yeah, when I'm among, you, among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world are, who are soon forgotten. So again, there's this world's wisdom, and then there's supernatural wisdom from God. It's two different worlds. Which one are you going to rely on? He says, no, the wisdom we speak is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began, he it says, but the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Amen? God always has way more than we've ever seen. Way more than we're prepared for. Way more than we understand. But I love this. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. And this is what I want us to understand. We will not be able to comprehend the things that God has for us if we rely on our natural thinking and our natural understanding and live in our soulish, I think, I feel, I want life. If we live that way, if we are governed that way by everything that is going on on the outside around us, and we fret and we live in terror and we live in fear of constantly everything that's going on, and we don't understand that there is a God who is working behind all of that, and he always has an answer. He always has a solution. He is always doing something, and it's seeing what he is doing or what is going on. Because both are happening at the same time. But he, it says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out what? Everything! Everything! This is what I love. Because people trip me up. My own stinking thinking trips me up. Our limited understanding trips us up. But guess what? God knows everything. God knows exactly what's going on. The beginning, the end, the in-between, all the stuff that's not said, all the stuff that is said, everything. And it says here, he searches out everything and he shows us his deep secrets. Okay. Who gets to know your deep secrets? Someone you're close to. Someone who will take the time 
you to share those deep secrets. Someone who will respect what you have to say. God's not going to just to anyone. He's going to give his deep secrets to those who come close to him, who draw on his spirit. He's not going to throw his pearls before swines. People think, ah, I just don't, I, it's like, are we seeking him out in everything? And I'm not saying we're taking 12 hours to pray every day and we're, I'm saying that in our heart and in our life, we're constantly seeking him out. God, what are you doing? God, what is it? How, how do I honor you? God, God, what is it? And, and your heart is continually seeking him out. And you're drawing close to him. And you're, you're wanting to know what his spirit's saying. And you're relying on his spirit. When you, when you come into those places where you're confronted with what life brings, it's like that's not your reality. Your reality is, okay, God, I see this, but what are you doing? I see this, but what are you doing? Because that, this is not my reality. There's things in my life right now, they are subject to change. There's relationships. There are people that aren't saved, that will be saved. That is subject to change. Why? Because the Bible says, me and my household will be saved. Period. How God's working that, I don't understand all of it. Some of it, I'm like, okay, you work weird sometimes. It's really weird. But guess what? He's God. I'm not. But it's like, am I going to continually seek what his spirit is saying? And there are times we have to literally take our spirit and this is what I've, I've done. And this is why I, I appreciate my heavenly language, my praying in tongues. Because the Bible says when we don't know what to, uh, we ought to pray, pray in the Spirit. Because my, my natural understanding can only pray so far. There are times, and I'll use the example with, with Aaron, because he was eight years old when this happened with his leg. There were nights he would wake up and he would wake up screaming in pain. Couldn't pray for him any more than I had prayed all I could do was walk and pray in tongues and just walk and pray in tongues because I would go crazy in my mind. Because any parent, you're like, you don't want, you, you'd rather fight this, but you can't. They, and they can't fight it. You have to fight it for them. But I ran out of prayers. I ran out of the understanding to pray. So what did I do? I prayed in the spirit. God, I give you this situation. God, you can do it. And just kept reaching, reaching for what God had. Relying on the things that God said. Believing those things that the spirit of God had, had given. That's my reality. And people that were talking to me about other stuff, when you're in a crisis, I have people coming with sympathy and, you know, it's like, I don't want that. Don't pray for me if you're praying that way. I don't even want your prayers. If you can't agree with me with how I'm praying and stand with me, you are not a help for me. Can we be honest with each other, people? Stop being so Canadian. 
sorry, 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 sorry. Mustafa, he, he's, he's from Turkey. Here, actually, I want us to, him to come on up here. I want you to, I want to introduce you. And I got the okay to do this, so I'm not doing this, putting him on the spot. So Mustafa is from Turkey. He is a, um, he's a fleeing Christian from Turkey. He's here on asylum. He's as a refugee. And he is coming to this nation. And he knows God has brought him here. And we're, we're believing for his wife and his two beautiful children. They're still there in Turkey. But, you know, God brought him here in a very strange way. And it's just, I, I, I'm not going to get into the story of how it happened, but he sets people together, and he knits hearts together. And it's the Spirit of God. We didn't know English. I didn't, I didn't know Turkey. He didn't know much English. But God joins hearts. And the, his Spirit spoke to my spirit. And it was like, God joined that together, and we are his church family now. We are here to help them and to help bring their family. So I want us to pray for them. And so I want you, to, but I want you to understand where he's at in the process so that you can pray for him um, with understanding. Um, so if you have the a translation, either Google Translate or Apple has a translate, you can go back and forth talking. That's what we do, um, which is great. Till he learns English, because we're not learning Turkey, Turkish. No, I li oh, real little. I can do. Uh, I even forget the words I learned the last week. So it's bad. But um, so he needs to get established in work. He is a. Uh, he has the highest certification as a mechanic. He's got his his masters. He's got the the one that's international. So very well qualified in terms of um, skill. Um, but so that he gets established um, in in that and all the immigration stuff in terms of with his family, all those steps. We're just be praying because all these things can be worked through, and we don't want it to take as long as they're saying it's going to take. We we believe for miracles. Amen. Miracles to get them here because it's very, very, very challenging for him. But and be praying for him because um, he needs family around him. So when we're together, just at that time to connect is so important because when you don't have natural family, it's very hard. And so um, just just know, have that understanding, and he's a good guy. <laughs> good, very good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Let's pray. I want us to pray. Stretch forth your hands. So, Lord, I thank you. So, we're praying he learns English really quickly. How many know God who created English can open his mind? We're praying he gets established in his work, established in, in planting a home and getting ready so that his, his wife and his children can come. Amen. And established in his church family. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you brought Mustafa. This was your hand. We recognize this. We thank you for his life. And, God, we stand with him. We stand with him as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We stand together as one. And, God, we ask that you would help us to pray when it's needed 
for Mustafa. And God, I pray that you would open his mind, open his mind that he would understand and comprehend English as he's learning, God, that you would give him understanding beyond his own ability, that you would open his mind open his understanding to be able to learn English quickly. God, I thank you for giving him favor with man as he is taking the steps of establishing his work and establishing his home. God, I thank you for favor, favor, favor with man. God, open the doors that need to be opened. God, we thank you for your provision. We thank you for your hand of blessing. God, we thank you that you are doing this. God, we ask that you would be with his family, that you would keep them safe, that you would keep them strong for you, God. That God, that you would continue to cause them to grow together, even in this time when they are apart. God, that you would cause them to grow in a different way, but grow together in you, God. And God, I ask that they will grow that together in their church family here in Canada. God, that you would cause us to all grow together. That you would establish him in his church family. Make him strong. Strong for you, Lord. Strong for you. We bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we don't know. We don't know the things that God brings. And we don't know on the path, you know, the different things that, that will happen. But he knows all things. He knows everything. And he reveals to our spirit what is needed at the time. And <clears throat> this is the freeing thing about being a believer that follows the Spirit. The Bible says that those that are the sons, those that are led by the Spirit of God, that they are the sons of God. So it's the leading of the Spirit in our life that actually determines our sonship and our, that we are a child that is walking with God. See, there's a lot of people doing things for God. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing that for you. They're like the, the son in the prodigal son, the son that stayed home and did his chores and did everything that he was supposed to do, and he just did it out of duty. There's a lot of people doing things for God, but they're not doing it with him. And with him is when we are led by his spirit because being led by the spirit um, is going to make you live life outside the lines he's going to scribble outside the lines we get all these lines in place and he goes <laughs> we just think we got everything just you know and it's like you you've got to be willing to just say god i don't understand what's going on here but what are you doing I want to be led. I want to be led by you. I want to walk with you. I want to be working with you. I don't want to do this for you. I want to do it with you. I want to do it with you. And because his spirit knows everything. And he's revealing these things as we go. 
and I'm thankful because it's on a need-to-know basis. There, there's a lot of time. Yeah, amen, Alan. Those of us that like everything. <laughs> yeah, Alan. Alan and I identify to this one. We like everything just so, right? It's a really good day when the house is clean and just everything's in its place. I feel so good. I'm not one of these where everything's all... Some people, you know, they love it. They're like, my oldest son's like that. We always knew when he was home. It was like, it was a whirlwind. There was like socks here, there, everything. It was just like a trail. He would just, and he loved it. That's the way he is. But, but for those of us that like the lines, so the Spirit of God is like, no, he's going to color outside those lines. And you've got to be willing to just rely on him and say, okay, what are you doing in the midst of this? Because I can get all caught up in what's going on here and miss what God's doing. And it's so easy to do. There are so many voices. We live in a generation that is noisy. Noisy, 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 noisy. And this is why we need to take this time with God, because he's sharing secrets. Let's go back to that secrets. Uh, it says, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So he's the one. He's the one. And he does it spirit to spirit. And you know what I love about this? There are, there are things that my mind can't receive, but my spirit can. That, that my, all of a sudden, he drops in my spirit, and I'm like, it's way too hard for my mind to comprehend it. Guys, what if the Spirit of God showed us what was going to happen with COVID before COVID happened? <laughs> How many of us would have exploded? <laughs> Come on. There are things God shows on a need-to-know basis. He's a father that is understanding, has compassion. I love that song we sang. He's compassionate. He, he understands. Like he, he treats us with understanding. Amen? And these, this is what we've got to know. And so it says here, so he reveals from spirit to spirit. And it says here, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can what? We can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. How, how many have been in a situation where you, hey, everything looks topsy-turvy, but you know in your knower, it's like, no, I know what God showed me. And if you haven't had that, you need to, you need to go to the secret place and find out his secrets, because he's got secrets that are going to keep you and that are going to get you through some of these things. When you hear what he says, and it's like, no, I know what he said. I know the wonderful things God has freely given me. I don't care. You can give me all your gibberish. Of, it's not supposed to happen this way. It's not supposed to. I serve the God of miracles. I serve the God who defies the natural. Let's not forget who we serve. Oh, God can't do it in that timeline. Well, he turned water into wine. 
There's a big timeline there, especially the best wine. It took years to make, and he did it like that. He defies time. And it, we can go on and on and on. Why? Because he is God. And when he shares the secret, he is going to do it. Amen? And so let's stand. I want the worship Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.